I don't think I know of a single business owner who hasn't said these words. I don't know what happened. We fixed the problem, and then a few months later, it's like we didn't fix anything. And we're dealing with the same thing all over again. I can't explain it, but it's super frustrating. In this episode, I'll tell you what I did to stop facing the same problems over and over and over again. Running a service business can be hard. It is not unusual for business owners in industries like contracting, home repair, auto repair, business-to-business services like janitorial, IT and accounting, and many others to feel overwhelmed by all the priorities facing them at any given time. Between addressing the needs of the customers, managing the employees, figuring out the financials, and getting processes in place, feeling like you're making significant progress on your business journey can be difficult. Welcome to Service Industry Success, hosted by Brian Harding. Each week, Brian will look at real-world strategies for building the business you are dreaming of, while also sharing tactics to get through some of the most frustrating parts of business ownership with a lot more ease. Let's get started. So sometimes I start the podcast by telling a story about a very specific person in a very specific situation. And other times, the circumstances I'm covering or the circumstance I'm covering is so common, we can easily connect without a story. And this is just such a topic. You don't have to spend much time with a business owner before they will tell a story about a time or times where they've put precautions in place or changed procedures, modified plans, paid more attention, emphasized the importance of, put bonus plans in place, or any number of solutions to solve a problem, only to find themselves facing that very same problem later again weeks or months later, sometimes only days later, sometimes like three hours later, it feels like. Business owners live in a world with many frustrations, and many of these are not the mild variety. Sometimes these are very serious frustrations we're dealing with and problems or significant problems with with big consequences. And yet this one, this one issue here, facing the same problems over and over again, feeling like we, we just jump from putting out one fire to another, only to face the same fire yet again later on, is always in the running for the most frustrating. It prompts bewildering converse, uh, uh, questions like, why can't we put a solution in place and just move on to something else? Why do we have to face the same pain over and over again? What do we have to do to get a solution to stick for more than just a few months? In large part, this is why we can feel like we're on that hamster wheel. We put in tons of effort. We work our butts off to identify and solve problems. We commit an insane number of hours in many cases. We rally the troops and get consensus and get buy-in and get feedback and have meetings, put solutions in place. And then a few months later, we're right back in that same spot as if we had not done anything at all. And today I'm going to speak to that last question. What do we have to do to put a solution in place and get to stay for more than just a few months? So like many business owners, managers, and leaders, I've had my share of putting solutions in place only to find myself facing the exact same problem again in a short amount of time. This is especially true when I was a young manager. And I would make declarations and decrees that something I wanted needed to change or needed to be so. Or at least that's how it came across, I'm sure, that people are just like, this guy's just like making demands because this is how he wants it. And then I would move on as if the problem had been solved. And sometimes, indeed, the problem would go away for a while because it was now top of mind for everyone again. But then, after a little while, I would make a new declaration and a new decree about a different issue. And now that issue became top of mind. And the first one moved down a notch. And then sure enough, I would get tired of yet another problem 
And once again, I would make a declaration and a decree. And now the second problem moved down a notch on that top of mind ladder. And the original problem was now in third place, if it was remembered at all. I couldn't possibly tell you how often this happened because it seems like this was my entire existence. I'd identify problems, explain how they need to get changed, make my grand pronouncement, end the meeting and take a moment to experience the gratification of having solved a problem, and then start the whole process over again. And now on to the next problem. And now I'm going to explain to everybody next week or next month at the next meeting how we got to solve this problem. And it became pretty noticeable that every so often, I was facing the exact same issues. It was like the problem I supposedly solved, or these problems, plural, I was solving, were like on a merry-go-round. Or like I was playing whack-a-mole with these very serious problems. I would, I would smack one down, and then boom, another one would pop up, or two others would pop up. And this just became the routine. Like it just, My existence became just a series of pointing out problems, making these declarations they had to get fixed, and moving on as if that was the solution. So after many years of banging my head against that wall, I decided I'm going to try something different. I started to put in follow-up plans to make sure that things would stay, quote-unquote, fixed. Now, you've likely heard me talk about the process improvement cycle, which I'm a huge believer in. It's one of the things I learned early in my career. And what do you know, when I started doing the things I had been taught early in my career, things started changing for the better. It's almost like The very plan, the very thing that literally saved the Japanese and then the American car manufacturing businesses could have useful tools for me too. It's weird, I know. But I'm not going to get into all that today. If you want a refresher on the process improvement cycle, go to episode, I think it's 52. Um, The the topic or the title of that podcast is called Process Improvement Cycle. It's one of the most popular uh, ones we've done. If you don't know what I'm talking about, uh, definitely go check that out. But today I'm going to talk about just two of the biggest things I think we need to consider when we want a solution to really stick. And both are direct cures for the the ailment of assuming. Assuming that me complaining about something and telling everyone uh, we need to stop or start doing something is enough. Assumptions, in my mind, assumptions kill sustained improvements. Assumptions are the assassins of progress. I would regularly assume things like, Me saying something once is sufficient. Me wanting something fixed permanently should equate to the team wanting those things fixed permanently. The team has the ability with no other assistance than my declaration, my grand pronouncement, to add an infinite number of problems and solutions to their day-to-day awareness and decision-making criteria. Another assumption would be that I had was people should stop behaving like people when they clock in and no longer be motivated by the same kinds of things that motivate them in their regular lives. Me just saying so should be enough. And I would also make assumptions that people, if they, you know, if they don't stick with the solution, it must be because they don't care as much as I do. So here are two strategies I put in place which overcame many of my false assumptions. First, for every significant solution or fix I wanted to be permanent, I put a person in charge who owned the solution, owned the process, owned the procedure, whether it was people turning in their receipts and invoices on time, whether it was getting estimates written in a timely manner, whether it was email requests for service being responded to within our 15-minute window or requirement of our 15-minute response time, whether it was accident prevention measures, whether it was technical training, communication training, 
all these requirements we had for people following processes and procedures and doing what we needed, for everyone that it was significant enough where I wanted it to be permanent, I would put a person in charge who owned it. And it became crystal clear that initiatives that had a person who owned it or a champion who monitored, measured, and followed up on performance, good or bad, we were successful at a significantly higher rate than those where we just assumed people would continue doing what we wanted after one or two grand pronouncements, or in some cases, 43 grand pronouncements, each one more desperate than the last or more angry than the last. When we put a person in charge to own it, to monitor, measure, and follow upon performance, good or bad, our, our results were significantly better. It also became clear that when I was not interested in pushing, putting a person in charge of an initiative, sometimes it was just more of a pet peeve of mine than an actual problem. So for me, that became a good kind of guiding light on, you know, if I'm not really willing to ex explain to somebody why they should own this thing, eh, maybe it's not that big of a problem. Maybe it's just something that annoys me and it's not, it's not a big deal. If it's something I don't want to have to have this conversation again, then I better be willing to invest the resources to have a person in charge of it. So a critical piece of this process of putting a person in charge and giving them ownership is that the person who I, who I give this responsibility to needs to acknowledge that they do now own this process or solution or initiative or whatever it is. Again, assuming because they're the manager, the lead, the supervisor, whatever fancy title they have, they're the person who has the title in this department and this solution I want is in the department they, they have some leadership over does not necessarily mean they know I want them to run this. It doesn't mean they know I want them to own this. It doesn't mean they, they know I want them to measure this and, and I want them to follow up. It doesn't mean any of that stuff. Without that conversation, they may very well conclude that this is so important to me that I want to take care of it myself. And sometimes they're right, especially in the beginning. If we're rolling out a new initiative, I want to be the person in some cases to see how are we doing this? Were we doing well? Were we not doing well? Is this the right solution even? And then after I get confident with that, then I would hand it over to somebody else. In any case, being clear about who owns it is critical, both in me assigning responsibility and them accepting it. It does no good for only one of those two things to happen. If I assume that they're going to take responsibility and they don't, it's no different than, than where I was to begin with, where I just assume everybody's going to do the right thing just because they're supposed to. The person has to acknowledge, yes, I own this. We have to have a conversation about what does it look like to measure this? How often are we going to do that? How are we going to post the results? And you can hear the podcast I've done before on KPIs and how that works. My point is, I need a person who I know and they know and the team knows the, this is the person who's the champion of this. This is the person who I've asked to run this and manage it and to follow up on it. Which brings me to my next point. The person who's assigned this ownership must also have the requisite level of influence and or authority to be successful. There's no point in putting a person in charge of something if the team's not going to listen to them, either because of rank or influence. So I can have somebody who's really passionate about it. If they're not a person who people are going to pay attention to, I've either got to get them to a point where they are that person or, or I got to just recognize they're not the right person for this. Sometimes that is rank. And sometimes that is influence. And sometimes it's both, of course. In any case, the, the, it does no good to give it to a person who can't be successful at this. And they need, the people have to listen to them to be successful at this. So the second thing I want to talk about today is having a plan for how we will respond 
In either of the only two ways this can work out, there needs to be a plan for what to do if we fail, and there needs to be a plan for acknowledging success. Now, throughout the course of a year, we're going to take on many initiatives and roll out many solutions because we have many problems, and it's inevitable that we're going to succeed at some and fail at others. Not acknowledging this and carrying on as if we will succeed at all things is not only arrogant and, and cavalier, but extremely foolish, I would say. Sometimes our ideas of solving problems just aren't all that bright. And I tell you this as a guy who's literally made poor decisions, which have cost hundreds of thousands of dollars. Sometimes my ideas just aren't all that smart. Sometimes they're kind of dopey. I look back on things now, I'm like, what, you thought what? Like, <laughs> and assuming it's going to be different, everything I do for the next year is, is not uh, conducive to success, I would say. So we have to have a plan for the two ways it can work out. And one of those is failure. And part of this plan for when there is failure is taking responsibility. It must include me as the leader taking responsibility for the plan not working. I am the leader. If the plan failed because I thought it was a good idea and it wasn't, that's on me. If the plan failed because I delegated this decision of creating the solution to someone who wasn't ready, that's on me. If I didn't make sure a good plan was executed correctly, that's on me. If, a, if good people aren't invested in executing a good plan, that's on me. If I'm employing people who don't care, that's on me. If we failed, that's on me, period. Now, it's okay to say we failed, and then I go on to explain my role in this and how I'm going to go, to go about things differently. It's not okay to say we failed at this because you guys didn't dot, 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 fill in the blank, whatever. We can fail as a team. And I have to take on my responsibility. We cannot fail because they didn't do something right. That is not how people are wired. They're not going to respond. Again, this is that assumption that they're going to just stop being humans when they clock in and start doing, you know, responding to autocratic dictatorial edicts. That's not how it works. They will be turned off by us having this, this posture of we failed because you guys didn't X, Y, Z. Now, if there's a pattern of that kind of stuff, then I need to deal with it. That's my job as a leader is to find, to find people who are not commit, committed to success and get them out of my organization. If I have a reasonable expectation that people here are here and want to do a good job, the people who are here want to do a good job, then it's my job to get them heading in the right direction. So if we fail, it's my responsibility. Now, we may fail together and we may have a ton of joint responsibility. I get that. And I'm like, again, it's okay to say we failed. It's not okay to say, you guys didn't do this, so we failed. In my opinion, that is not a path to success. Speaking of success, we also have to have a plan for success. Again, there's two outcomes. We're either going to do this thing or we're not going to do this thing. And, and you'll hear that in the, in the other podcasts I've done. Is part of our thing we need to do is, is establish a goal and then an objective that's measurable. It tells us either we did this thing or we did not do this thing. But again, I don't want to get in the weeds on that. I've talked about that before. You can hear other podcasts where I've done that. We have to have a plan for success, though. Again, we, if we fail, we have a plan. If we succeed, we have a plan. And this plan must include me giving away the credit for success. Like it or not, people value acknowledgement. They crave recognition. They like winning. They like being the reason for success. And what do I get by giving away all that credit? I get a team of people who want to have more success so they can feel like winners and get recognition and the acknowledgement that they crave. And feel like they have a purpose. So what I really get is people who are eager to take on more. 
And that means I get to do less. Uh, yeah, sign, sign me up for that. I'll take some more of that. Uh, before you go any further, let me take a moment to announce I've launched a new series of video shorts. I'm really excited about this. Uh, of course, they talk about the same kinds of things we talk about here in this podcast. Most of these short videos are about two to four minutes long. There's a, some that are a little longer, some that are a little shorter, but they're generally two to four minutes long. So they're quickly and easily consumed. I've been working on these for a few months. I'm really excited. It's finally time to release them. One of the things I'll be doing with those videos and the longer form podcasts and videos you listen to here is arranging them in my private Facebook group uh, via Facebook's guides feature that is part of the Facebook groups. So if you're looking for help in a specific area, I generally cover things with people, processes, profitability, planning, and personal development. It'll be easy for you to find those. And as the group grows, I'll be doing uh, live Q&As each month, as well as other features and benefits just for business owners like you. So to join this free Facebook group, go to businessownergroup.com. So go to businessownergroup.com to join the conversation and get access to tons of free and useful information just for business owners like you. So back to our topic, the first the first step is we have to stop making assumptions like me saying something once is sufficient. Me saying something one time is not sufficient to cure problems. Me wanting something fixed permanently should equate to the team wanting things to be fixed permanently. That is an incorrect assumption. Another one is the team has the ability with no other assistance from, from other than my declaration to add just an infinite number of problems and solutions to their day-to-day awareness and decision-making criteria. There's just no limit to that. I can just keep spouting things off and they'll just, they can just have this unlimited ability to adapt to these new things. That is not reality. Another assumption is people should stop behaving like people when they clock in and, and no longer be motivated by the kinds of things that motivate them in their real lives, like recognition, purpose, success. And the other one is, if people don't stick to a solution, it's because they don't care as much as I do. And that one might be the most dangerous of all of these. So here's the two strategies I put in place to overcome all my false assumptions. First, in every uh, significant solution or fix I want to be permanent, I put a person who owned the solution, the the progress, the process, the measurement, the posting, the follow-up. Again, simple things like turning in receipts, responding to our 15-minute requirement on time, big things like accident prevention measures, uh, uh, driving uh, accident prevention training, all that kind of stuff, big things like that. Marketing. Again, small things and big things. And it became clear to me that initiatives that had an owner or champion who monitored, measured, and followed up on performance, good or bad, were much more successful than those where we just assumed people would continue doing the right thing without anybody else paying attention or following up. It became clear also that when I was not interested in putting a person in charge of something, it was just a pet peeve of mine. So that's kind of a sidebar, but that was something else that became noticeable for sure. A critical part of this process of putting a person in charge of get, and giving this ownership is they have to acknowledge that they do, in fact, now have this responsibility. Just because I, I, I say this thing has to happen in a department, that they have a response, a leadership role in, does not mean they're going to hear me say, because I didn't, I need to go now own this. We have to have a conversation where I say, I need you to own this. And they say, yes, I'm going to own this. And here's what it looks like for me to own this. Without that conversation, they may very well conclude that this is so important to me. I want to manage it myself. And again, sometimes they're right. Sometimes I want to do this stuff in the beginning and then hand off. Sometimes I want them to do it out the gate. I need to have that conversation with them. And they need to have the right level of influence and authority to be successful. There's no point putting them in charge of something they can't handle. The second thing is we have to have a plan for how we're going to respond in the only two ways this is going to work out. 
we're either going to succeed or going to fail. There needs to be a plan for what we do if we fail. And part of that plan needs to be me acknowledging that I failed. I'm the leader. I need to take this. If we fail for any of these reasons, it's on me. And, you know, uh, there's no such thing as, well, they just don't care enough. So that's, that's not my fault. If they don't care enough, then you got the wrong people. That's on me. If they do care enough, they're not interested in executing a good plan. That's also on me. If I didn't care enough to make sure a good plan was executed correctly, that's on me. If the plan failed because I delegated to somebody who wasn't ready, that's on me. If the plan failed because I thought it was a good idea and it wasn't, that's on me. So again, we can say, I can say we failed, but I cannot say you failed. That is a critical distinction we have to be aware of when we have these conversations. And we have to have a plan for success. Uh, This one has to include me giving away the credit. Like it or not, people value acknowledgement and recognition. They like to win. They like to be the reason for success. So give it to them. What do I get out of that? I get a team of people who want to feel like winners and who who crave this recognition and, and they're going to do more of this to get more of that recognition. They're going to feel like they have purpose. They're going to do more of this stuff and I get to do less, which is the way I get freedom. So yeah, sign me up for that. Uh, don't forget, go to businessownergroup.com to join the conversation and get access to tons of free and useful information. I can't wait to start doing the Facebook Live Q&As. That'll be rolling out here in the next uh, little while. Uh, and if you're looking for help in a specific area, it'd be really easy for you to find the long form stuff we do here and the new short form videos. I'll be organizing those in those, in those guides. So you can like say, Hey, I'm having some personal issues when I click on the people thing. And, and here's all the videos about that. So it's me really user-friendly for you. Go to businessownergroup.com. That'll take you right to the Facebook group uh, and you can uh, apply for uh, membership. It's free. Don't worry. It's not, it's not, uh, uh, hard to get. It's not, it's hard, hard just apply for membership you have to answer a couple questions and, and get right in um and again as the group grows we'll be doing uh live q a other features and benefits that are gonna be rolling out i don't have time to get all that stuff today but it's gonna be uh, really good for you guys i'm really excited for you hey if you haven't done it yet take 30 seconds after you're done here listening to this and subscribe to this podcast um also if you haven't had a chance yet share this with a friend or colleague who's business in our service industry Give us a rating review. Those are like the things that you can do to help out if you're getting value out of this. Uh, I really appreciate if you'd uh, help me grow it. That's the whole point here is to help as many folks as possible. And with that, I'll say that's it for this week and I'll see you all next week.